Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Less sins, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. I have a very special guest this week. Her name is Nargis Nurambala. Nargis is the founder and CEO of executivespeak.com in Vancouver. Called The Secret Weapon by one journalist, Nargis is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, world-renowned leadership communication expert, official TEDx speaker coach, corporate trainer, and international keynote speaker. A trailblazer in her field, Nargis is the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Capture the Spotlight. Her writing on the subject has been published and circulated to 106 countries worldwide, and she is ranked by Clear in the top 3% of social media users in the world. Nargis was most recently nominated for the RBC Women of Influence 2020 Canadian Woman Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the fourth year in a row and was also a nominee for the top 100 most powerful woman in Canada. She is also a a winner of the Saki Award uh, for Entrepreneurship. Narges, thank you and welcome to our show this week. Thank you for having me, Ian. I'm glad you were able to, to make the time. I know summer can be very busy, um, and, and this summer is quite different because of the pandemic, and we're all getting adjusted to where we're at in the process, and that's really the focus of this week's session, is how has the pandemic changed the way we communicate? And, and it has made massive changes. Um, really so has. Perhaps it, it, it has, and I, I'm, I know our listeners are very curious to get your take on this. So tell me in a few sentences or whatnot about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur and artist. Oh, okay. So, and this is a hard thing for me to share because it's not on my website because it often shocks people. So here we go. So 11 years ago, I was pregnant, broke, and unemployed. I was actually applying for social assistance or welfare. I couldn't even get a minimum wage job, Ian. I couldn't get anything. I went door to door, business to business, door to store. I couldn't get anything. And minimum wage at the time was $8 an hour, in case you're wondering. So I had no book, no brand, no social media profiles. I didn't even know what Twitter was. I thought it was a sound birds make. So entrepreneurship became the only way for me to realize my potential and really show people what I could do. Um, I really see it as a great equalizer of opportunity. I really do. Because if you're at rock bottom like I was, I was at rock 
rock bottom. I think entrepreneurship can be a key. If you work really hard, it can be a key to really show people your potential and to make a meaningful contribution to the world. That is profound. When I, when I, when I look at your, your bio, Narges, the, the accomplishments, the awards, the nominations, just the, the total world-class profile you have, you've created that in 11 years. Yes. That is yes. truly something to be very, very proud of. And for our listeners, we could all do this. Right there, there's a way to get exactly there. yes. That's the whole point of sharing my story. Anyone can do this. I had no extraordinary knowledge. I honestly, I didn't. This was all about. I had to do it. Sometimes you accomplish great things when you're pushed into a corner when there's no choice. There's literally no choice, and you're thinking, okay, people don't even think I'm worth eight dollars an hour. That's insane. Yes. And I had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah, I, 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 the human spirit, right? When we're the back's against the wall, when it's, you yeah. know, game seven and we're down three goals in the third period, we've got to find that inner beast. And, 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 it can, and it can make us our very best. So good for you and congratulations. That's, a, that's oh, just thank that's you. a success story. Certainly. So let, let's shift a little bit to how we communicate today. So this is very apropos given where we're at in our process, our journeys. Um, how has Zoom changed the way we communicate and, and have meetings and do business? So that, yes, I think that is a very apropos question and something I've given a lot of thought to as well because I've been asked this by the media a couple of times in the past week. So the first thing I want to share is Stanford University, you can actually Google it, they did an excellent study where they talked about Zoom fatigue and how it is real. And actually, interestingly enough, women suffer from it more than men. So women, we suffer from it more. And one hypothesis they had, it's because Zoom has made us very self-conscious, very self-focused. You know what I'm talking about, Ian. When you're on Zoom meetings, you're looking at yourself the whole day. You're looking at that yes. little picture of yourself, right? And yes, I didn't shave close enough, or what's with my hair? My glasses are messy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's not, I actually think it's a very unhealthy way of functioning all day, every day. So whether I'm doing gallery view, I still see myself. And your instinct, right, is to look at yourself. They've actually studied this. We, we tend to look at ourselves more than we look at other people. So it's made us self-focused, self-conscious, self-critical. And I think that has carried over into our day-to-day -day lives. I think that's the first thing that has really changed. I also think Zoom has robbed us of those spontaneous moments of collaboration and connection. You know what I mean? You're walking through the office, pass by someone's desk, you start talking or you have a moment of creativity with a colleague that is spontaneous. We don't have those moments as much now because everything is planned, scheduled, and Zoomed. And so I think Absolutely. that has really changed the way that we communicate and work together. And that, it, it begs the question, like, and where is it going? You're right. I think we're starving for that just 
natural native human interaction. Like the, the creative, let's grab a whiteboard and figure something out. Like when was the last time anyone did that? Um, so it, it has, I mean, it's, it's got us through. I, I credit where credit's due. I think Zoom and the other platforms, Microsoft Teams, there's a number of them out there, has, mm-hmm. have got us through this really tragic time we've all been living through. And let's hope Absolutely. everyone double back quickly. Yeah. But it, it, it's been a tool. It, it's been it's played a role. But you know, with, with hope on the horizon, as we get back to some new levels of norm and interaction and and human dialogue and communication, it kind of it, it makes me think there's got to be some trends going on out there. What do you as yeah. as the expert, obviously, what are the biggest trends do you see in communication today? So first I want to acknowledge what you said. You were absolutely right that Zoom, Microsoft Teams, all the platforms have helped working parents like myself really bridge that gap during the pandemic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We couldn't have functioned without them. You're so right. And so that's really convenient. And I don't think that should ever go away. I want to keep that convenience. But the trends I'm seeing, the biggest trend is what you said, humanizing. I think communication because of the pandemic We've all become much more real. We've become much more real with each other. Mm-hmm. And I just read a quote today. It wasn't attributed to anyone, but it said, look for the real in people rather than the good in people. Because all scars are beautiful. I'm paraphrasing. And I thought I, that really resonated with me because I think mm-hmm. the pandemic has given all of us so many metaphorical scars. It's been such a difficult time for all of us. But it has been humanizing, and I think that ability to communicate with humanity and with realness and with empathy and have empathy mm. and compassion for others, I think that's the biggest trend. And I think that's a gift that's, we've really been given from the pandemic. Oh, I so hope so, and I so love what you said. Um, we've been starving for that. And there's different people, you know, extrovert, introvert. There's some theory around... You know, some of the extroverts haven't even noticed the change. I read that somewhere, and I I chuckled. Uh, but <laughs> extroverts, but us extroverts are like, you know, we're 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 talking to the to the girl at Starbucks with our mask on as if she's our best friend because we're starving yeah, for that interaction. I know we, we just haven't had it. So it's great to hear you say that humanization, if that's a word, like getting back to the realness of interaction of human beings, not perfect, but just real. Oh, that yeah. sounds so refreshing that that's back uh, on the on the horizon. And as you said, Zoom and, and these other platforms, like I like the idea that I can do global coaching, you know, with, exactly. a, with a dress shirt on, right? And, and, you know, airplanes and hotel rooms, I can't even remember the last plane I was on. So I like the convenience but I'd rather have it blended with the other things you're talking about. That might be the best mm-hmm. of both worlds uh, shortly yeah. around the corner, which is exciting. It is um, exciting. Another question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another question for you, and I'm really curious about uh, what your answer is on this one. What will people struggle with, you know, really struggle, like wrestle with, as we transition back to in-person communication and, of course, meetings? Okay, wow, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll answer it with a sh- super short couple of sentence story. 
So I recently did a training session on presentation skills, which is one of the things I do corporate training on, on Zoom. And the, the goal is to get people to move out of their comfort zones, become more confident with their communication skills, their everyday communication skills. I still found that more than 30, 40% of the participants had their cameras off the whole time. Even though I encouraged them, it wasn't a big group, small group training, like imagine a boardroom site. Even though I kept right. encouraging them and their team leader kept encouraging them, some of them still had their cameras off the whole time. That is going to be the biggest, one of the biggest struggle areas for people because we are given the opportunity with online conferencing and meetings to put your camera off, put your microphone off, basically shut down. You can't do that in a real life meeting, can you? You can't put your hands in front of no. your face and say, don't look at me, don't look at me, my camera's off. You can't do that. So. I'm obviously, I'm joking, but I can really see people struggling with being fully, fully present in the moment, every meeting, every day. That's going to be, I think for all of us, that's going to be a struggle because we're so used to having the opportunity to just shut down and multitask. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got, I've got a friend who's on an exercise bike while she's in Zoom meetings and the camera's off and no one knows and we won't be able to live that life when we're back in the office. Maybe on our home day, I can see a hybrid model. You've got three days at home, two days in the office. But I really think the ability to be fully present, fully listening, fully focused, that will be our biggest challenge when we're back in, for sure. I, I so think you're right. Years ago, I used to do a lot of executive breakfast as a way to you know, basically as a way to brand and, and, and build a pipeline and get mm -hmm. executives in for breakfast and present. And you're right. If someone was on their phone or like, you know, not paying attention, the speaker would take that personally. I, I would actually walk over to the person and, and, and say, so do you have any questions, sir? Just to, to Totally, totally. I've done the same thing, challenging people yeah. who are not focused on me. Yes. Yeah, and then I remember the shift. I'm, I'm, go, I'm aging myself here. I'm dating myself here a, a little bit, but that's all right. Um, I remember from Executive Breakfast, which was kind of seminar, it kind of transitioned its way into webinar. So, uh, you know, before Zoom and all this stuff, right? This is, yeah, I don't mm -hmm. know, 15 years ago. And, you know, people, you're right. People, a speaker, a presenter needs the interaction with the audience. You need to get... Even if they're, they're not laughing at a joke, but they're nodding, they're grinning, you're able to laugh through their eyeballs and, and get that buying, you know you're getting to them. And when it, it, on, on a web, like online, we, you know, especially if people are given the ability to tune it off, turn it off and just listen themselves, that's, that's the worst environment for real communication. I'm glad it's coming back because it's been, a, it's been too long. It, 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 it truly has. And it has a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners today, uh, I know, like myself, I'm in wow of your bio. I truly am. Like, uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, you're, I you're really so appreciate recognized. that. No, Thank you. No, I, I totally mean it, sincerely. And I'm sure my listeners would agree. Um, so th this is a question I'm going to ask on their behalf, if that's okay. Indulge me because I've got you. They'll thank me later. What can our listeners do to improve their public speaking, and communication skills to date. Okay. 
Yes, I'm glad you asked me that. So one thing I passionately believe in is reading. I believe leaders read. I really do. I'm, I love reading. I'm committed to lifelong learning. I, so everyone can go to their local independent bookstore or library and grab a book on public speaking communication skills. There's so many good books out there. And read and learn from the experts like me who have all written books. Um, another thing they can do is watch great TED and TEDx talks. I am an official TEDx speaker coach. I love watching TED talks. I try and get through one new TED talk a week. I try and read one book a week, although I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't always happen that way. Right. But I really think that a commitment to lifelong learning, and it it doesn't have to cost anything because the, the talks are up there free. And your local library has a lot of great books. Many of them even have free e-libraries. So you can actually go online and read an e-book completely free. You don't have to go anywhere if you're quarantining or stuck at home. So there's a lot of opportunity to really learn. I'm surprised how often I coach people because I do executive public speaking coaching. And one of the first questions I ask is, do you read? What do you read? What's, what's the last book you read? And so many people tell me they don't have the time. Look, we're all busy. We're all busy. I get that. It is about making the time for learning, making the time to read, to take courses, to there's so many free courses online to really do something, learn something new or learn a new aspect of a skill set that you already have every week. Make a commitment and make it happen. I, I think you're so right. I, the, the learning thing, let's double underline that. That is such a critical, because if you're learning, if you're, if you're growing, and then you can incentivize your people to grow and read and learn, the whole yes, thing is, exactly. you know, it, it becomes a DNA thing. It's not just a hobby, a, 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 you know, once a month thing. It's an online, it's an ongoing uh, commitment to growth, which is, it, yeah. which is so, so important. I mean, in sales, um, you know, what's the, the three most important things? I'd say relationship, relationship, relationship versus real estate, mm-hmm. location, location, location. <laughs> it, 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 in public speaking or, or presenting, um, there's overlaps there. Some people do it for a living. Some people do it as part of their job. And the sales profession, um, we could have the same presentation. And, you know, so the best presentation of the content and the delivery, I think they... I, I listen to your your um, your talks on YouTube, uh, Nerges, and I find them fascinating. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate that. I mean it. I, I mean, I think content and delivery are they're equally important. Some would say delivery is a little more. Uh, you've got to have good content, but if content was equal across the board, uh, the person that can deliver it the best, the most enthusiasm, the most interaction, I think typically wins. So the, mm-hmm. the ideas that you're sharing with our, with our listeners today, Nargis, they're wonderful. They're gifts. Please take them seriously. And that leads me to my, to my next question. Again, Nargis, uh, thank you so much for making the time and sharing your, your nuggets of wisdom with, uh, with the listeners out there. I know a lot of them are already thinking. And if you're driving your car, pull over before you write this down. <laughs> a lot of them are thinking, uh, how can they reach out to get a hold of you? I'm sure you've created some curiosity, some demand. How do I get to know more? How could the listener get a hold of you? 
So I, as you probably have guessed by now, I love social media. So you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. I share a new video every week. I share lots of great content there. So send me a connection request or follow me. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's me posting everything. I've tried outsourcing. It doesn't work. People know it's not me. So I do every, I post everything. It's my voice. It's completely authentic. And I love connecting with new people and I share a lot of great content and it's all free. It's all out there. I want people to grow and learn and improve um, because no one gave me a chance 11 years ago. No one saw potential in me. No one. So I have to, it's my mission in life to help other people realize their potential. That's my mission because no one saw it in me except for my family who really encouraged me. No one else saw my potential. That's fantastic. What a generous heart you have, Narja. That's, that's so, so well said. Now, also, as you're listening to this podcast, I put Narja's LinkedIn link, her, her, her homepage, her profile page right here. So you can click that and that'll take you right uh, to, to her page. Again, Narja has been our guest. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time and, uh, and giving us your, your spirit, your gifts, your knowledge. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you so much, Ian. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Do reach out. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins with Ian Selby.